a banjo man. I am a banjo man. Well done. You got your hand on the pistol, honey. You got your hand on the blade. Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. A Southern Storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome back to this week's episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for the downloads, and thank you, everybody, for participating in the Facebook page. Uh, with me, as always, Jason, and what is up, sir? Happy Good Friday. Today is Good Friday. I hope you listen to the Black Crows Good Friday today to celebrate. You are correct, and we are recording this intro on the day of the podcast episode with Steve Gorman and we're getting a lot of compliments and it's kind of uh give me a little boost a little uh recharging the batteries that I kind of need so it's been nice to see that all day long checking on the phone and yeah it's been I think people kind of liked what we did we we did some we got some black crows conversation then you directed the trigger hippie stuff and we had some uh, you know some information how they how this version of the band got going and stuff and then yeah, we talk sports it was it was fun i think you know it's definitely if you've listened to steve's on podcasts or interviews recently that was not what you heard like what we did was not what you heard it was good it's good yeah i mean and then uh, some of our friends commented that too like our interview with him was a little bit different than what he's done i hope you liked it maybe it's not that much different from the norm but different enough different enough different for sure enough. you know so what's going on, man? Uh, I, you know, so carrying on with the, the Gorman conversation, I just got finished watching a Stereophonics concert. There's tons of Stereophonics concerts on the YouTube, as you can imagine. And I watched one from 18 at some festival in the UK. It was, it's good, man. I really do like that band. I don't know, again, why more people don't get into them here. I dug them and having that conversation with Steve and listening to the podcast today, I'm like, I wanted to check them out. So that's what I've been doing. What have you been doing? Oh, you know, just sitting around. There was an interview recently where uh, Chris Robinson had said, like, well, Shake Your Moneymaker was the only perfect record we did. We never did a perfect record again. And people, you know, Crows fans, like, oh, yeah. You know, what about Southern Harmony? What about America? I just took it as he meant that was the only, like, record where they, like, completely did what you know georgia cooley has told them and i think that's probably the only one where they did everything in the conventional manner but apparently those perceptions were not agreed upon by somebody who knows and like hey this time we diffuse it quickly yep and also one week from the next chris could change his opinion about things too as as we all know which sometimes makes being a fan of theirs maddening because of that stuff you know so who the hell knows and people on the internet 
we get comments. I've got comments from other podcasts I've been on. You just kind of kind of let that stuff roll. Our buddy Dave Hudson there from the state of America showed me some nasty comments he's had on some stuff. That you just got to shake yeah. your head and just move, move on. I haven't seen that. Probably don't need to. Oh, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was a personal insult. It wasn't, wow. it, it complimented Ian, but you know, didn't compliment David. And wow. he's like, whatever, it's just what it is. Yeah. Best not to pay attention. It's best not to pay attention for sure. You know, people, people, half the people go on the internet just to be shitheads. Yeah. Make them feel better. Well, I've been listening to the North Mississippi All-Stars Prayer for Peace recently. Mm, good one. Over and over. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I enjoy that immensely. You have a standout track on that one that's really sticking at you? You know, I really got to listen to it more. As like, I try to listen to everything as like one continuous piece. You know, I'm here, but I, I got the vinyl right here. The second track, uh, Need to Be Free, is probably my favorite right now. But they do a cover of Deep Ellen Blues. They do a cover of You Got to Move. Uh, Bid You Goodnight. They do cover that last song on the record. But yeah, this is definitely uh, a great record by the North Mississippi All-Stars. Nice. That's cool. I've, uh, since we talked to Kevin, I've been listening to a lot of Candlebox, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, just a heavy rotation. And um Man, just good. Even their, their late stuff is really, really good. Um, you know, so I've just been going back and enjoying that again quite a bit. And then Stereophonics. And then our buddy JD Simo is getting ready to play, I think, tonight at nine on YouTube. I, I saw. I'm going to try and check that out as well, too. See what he's okay. up to. Okay. I think he's playing. Uh, he might be playing now on that together. I'm not certain. I thought it was. Maybe it's tomorrow time. then. I don't know. He, tomorrow, too. He posted something. Well, you know, let's let's do live time social media check. <laughs> We're recording a podcast. What the hell? It's a good thing about technology. All right, JD. He po- I think he posted on Instagram. I don't I don't know if he does a lot of um uh Twitter. What does he have? I don't know. Where did you post that, JD? Maybe it was in what maybe it was in my email. I don't know, but JD's playing somewhere. So if you're in a JD like the podcast, go check him out. Um, yeah, I guess it's not it's not JD tonight on the together. Australian Australian virtuoso Adam Miller. Maybe I should have heard of who that is. Anyway. Well on that um that site though you're talking about, the two get two D two G T H R. It's like two together or something, yeah, right? That's what it's two. supposed to be. Yeah, the number two. That's Luther coming. You said oddly freed is yeah. gonna be coming. JD and Charlie Starr. Is that right? Upcoming. I'm looking at upcoming right now. Is it Charlie um, Starr like solo acoustic stuff then? I would imagine Saturday, April third, JD Simo starts at uh, God, they got you seven PM. There we go. And then uh da 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 da. Luther is back on on Saturday, April 10th at 3 in the afternoon. Then at 5 on the same day as J.D. Simo again. Um, Charlie Stars on Sunday, April 11th at 2 p.m. And these are all central time because that's what time that Luther came on at 7 last Friday. J.D.'s getting ready to go live on YouTube, actually, at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central on his YouTube channel for free. 
full band live stream concert. Wow. Oddly so, freed Friday up April 16th, 7 p.m. on together. That'll be interesting too. I don't know if Oddly sings or not. I've only really only seen him play guitar. Right, yeah. I've never heard him sing background or anything. Mm-mm. But uh hopefully I can watch uh, I don't that know, one. maybe you can sing. We'll see. Well, hopefully I can watch that one because I want to uh ask him all about Cry of Love. When Cry of Love came out with that first record, to me that was like the like the only other thing that came out like that I thought was as good as the Black Crows in that style at that time. I was like, holy crap, this is really good. Yeah, and it's weird too, they didn't get a, a much of attraction with anybody. You know, they were they were a cool band. Well, I was gonna say a good segue is you know, talking about you know the way things are now and you don't have to sell, you know, bajillion records and uh people make their money off merchandise, they make their money off playing live. And I think when things can start up again, our guests from this band sound like they were playing a lot of shows, opening up for some pretty big people. And uh you're always a lucky guy that gets to tell everybody who we you all will be hearing in the guest segment. Yep, and we will be listening to and speaking with Nick Reese from the band Joyous Wolf, who I just happened to luck into hearing one day and dug him and sent him over your way, Brian. So what do you think? When, well, when we were talking to him about, you know, remember you were talking about how you had came across him and mm-hmm. I, didn't, didn't, I didn't get around to saying, I because I, before you sent me that, I had heard of them. And I, I can't remember where I came across, you know, where I came across their name or saw it somewhere. Um, but I had seen it before. And then I saw the video, they do the cover of Mississippi Queen and, you know, and I saw, you know, Nick doing the front backflip or back backwards backflip. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to test your editing skills. Oh, yeah. Surgically. I'd probably just leave all this in. I mean, <laughs> it's fun. Nobody cares. That's <laughs> true. All right, everybody, uh, for your listening pleasure, very uh, wild and crazy and funny chat with Nick Reese, lead singer of Joyous Wolf. guest segment on this week's episode of the all things blues and southern rock podcast we're stoked to have our guest with us and as always i toss it over to jason tell everybody that's listening who we got today yeah brian thanks very much man it's our pleasure to welcome on uh a guy the lead singer from a band founder of a band that i just found uh just out of the blue not too long ago and just fell in love with the music and think it's great um and we'll kind of get into that as we go on, but we've got uh, we've got Nick Reese from Joyous Wolf. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate that. No worries. How's everything going there in Los Angeles? I'm actually in Orange County, but uh, okay, Anaheim, SoCal. You know, 
Yeah, I'm down in uh down in Tustin, good old Tustin. Uh, it's hot. It's the summer is definitely coming, and uh, you know, uh, the world's looking more and more like the world every day. So that's good. People get vaccinated and get back to normal a little bit. The yeah, I got mine. Scene. I got mine. It's my only time I'm gonna get like remotely about this, and we'll, we'll move completely on. But go get vaccinated. Yes, you mother fuckers my god all right yes. there we go no no hey we want awesome. we all want live music and concerts to come back and we want you to be yeah. healthy everybody get vaccinated brian and i each have the vac- fall's looking good the fall's looking good man the, yep. the midsummer and fall looking pretty good brian you're fully vaccinated now you got both years right yeah i just got the one with johnson and johnson oh lucky see i have the I pfizer got I, got, so. I got the i got both my pfizer nice <laughs> I'm I'm only halfway there. I got mine a couple weeks ago, and then I'm about another week out. I can get my second one. I'm looking forward to it. All right this this podcast has been sponsored by <laughs> Pfizer and Moderna <laughs> and Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> I, was always, I was saying this is a funny little joke. I said to my family is that um, I'll I'll be let me be in charge of, of vaccinating people. I'll be like those uh, the natives in Indiana Jones with the. The darts, you know, <laughs> the blow darts with the little blow darts. You know what? Yeah, awesome. Maybe yeah, for the people who refuse, yeah, that's what po- you need. Yeah, I'll be popping around corners. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> <laughs> All right, as we move on from our medical segment of of this podcast, and you know, Pfizer, if you want to sponsor us, we'll take it. Bring it on. All right, Nick. So I'm gonna tell you how I ran across you guys real fast and. For the life of me, I'm going to tell you this right now because it's in my head. If I accidentally call you Justin, I hope I don't. But when I connected with you on Instagram, oh. it says just Nick Ross, and I kept thinking your name was Justin for the longest time. So I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully say just Nick. Every Nick time. Reese, Nick Reese, Reese, not Ross, Reese. There, see, I knew, I knew like I was the peanut butter cup, like the Reese. peanut butter cup. <laughs> but, but I think on the Instagram was like just Nick Reese, and I kept thinking yeah. Justin, just don't call him Justin. Now it's it's just Nick Reese. I'm going to keep periodically adding another word to it till it's like <laughs> the max. Well, anyway, I'm going to try to call you by the right name. Um, so I was listening to the Pretty Reckless's new album on Amazon. Digging mm. that. It's kind of, you know, it's got some elements of some like blues and some Southern rock to it. And then doing some work, not paying attention. It stopped and it moved into just other music randomly. And I'm like, first song, I'm like, what the hell is this? It was your new, your new track. It was your new track, Mother Rebel. I'm like, what is this? This is awesome. Who are these guys? So I pick up my phone and had to figure out who it was. I'm like, a band called Joyous Wolf. I'm like, so I started listening to a lot of the stuff that you have online and just digging the crap out of it. And I, I contacted Brian right away. I'm like, Brian, you got to check out this band, man. They're really good. I think they're kind of fit right in what we're going for on here. So completely accidental loved running across your stuff and it just reminded me of just some really great classic rock music out there man just with a with a, a new group of dudes doing it so what do you guys kind of shoot for with your music uh i mean anything goes i mean if you listen to our record you know and stuff we put out so far you know there's a little bit of everything i mean i think i think on the new we're working on a new album and on the new album i think we're going to be very hard to recognize if, you know, people are going off Mother Reb and stuff. I think it's a lot different. Um, I think it's just because we're, we're just different. I mean, Mother Rebel's not a new song. Mother Rebel came out in 2019 on the EP. Mm-hmm. And we re-released it because it just randomly 
wet at radio. <clears throat> and uh, that was a huge deal. It just went on its own and had a good time on the radio charts across the country and on Octane and stuff like that. And um, I mean, yeah, we, we really just kind of do whatever we feel and whatever is going to happen, you know, and on the new record, especially, there's just going to be a lot of different, different sounds, different feels. And I don't necessarily like doing one thing all the time. You know, we're definitely not going to be an ACDC type band where we just do the same song over and over again. I thought there's anything wrong with that. I thought there's anything wrong with that. Yep. <laughs> some some bands some bands make it work. And yep. then some bands just I'm just like please well, stop. Well ACDC is the only band that I think makes that work. I don't think anybody else can do that. Green Day. Green Day does that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They That's made the same cool. song nine thousand times and people still <laughs> buy the records. Um no yeah I mean we're we're on a new horizons, I think, uh, especially for myself. Like, I, I don't know, on that first record, I don't feel like I was me. I felt like there were some outside pressures that I didn't love and kind of pushed me to be a certain way. And I think this time around, it's like, I'm just going to be, you know, I feel like I'm more of what I want to be as opposed to not. You know? Was that the Place and Time EPs you're, ta- you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Were you were you getting pressures from like the record label or like it was a lot of things it's a, i don't like i don't point fingers it was just a lot of things you know like subconsciously and consciously you know okay um how did you guys really how did you form like what's the story of the band really you know uh robert and i went to middle school together drummer okay. and uh became like He's like my best friend, you know, my oldest friend I have. I've known him 15 freaking years now, which is crazy. Um, and then uh, he ended up going to a different high school. Ended up meeting a guy who chose bass as his instrument and <laughs> exclusively. And they ended up just jamming together, not being in any bands or anything, just jamming for years together. And then I met a guy at a guitar center on an off day after my old band's practice you know, uh, he was tuning a resonator guitar and I threw him a tuner and he tuned it up. We jammed a song, you know, total time was 15 minutes and got his phone number because he asked me if uh, he, I need a guitar player. And I said, I don't, but you know, hey, maybe something might happen and I'll call you. And that band ended up breaking up. I went to college for a bit. I hated college, dropped out of college, uh, called him up and robert they said yes and robert knew greg and that's it so what college were you going to i was in uh fullerton college okay so is it that's uh cal state fullerton right mm. yeah good man they just have a, a just incredible baseball team for years i don't know if they still do or not but perennially in the college world series just in case you didn't know <laughs> the more you know <laughs> It sounds like, you know, it's almost a setup for a rom-com for how you and uh, Blake met, really. You know, it's a good good setup for a, yeah, a love story it, for the ages. We talk about it all the time. It's just about how weird that 15 minutes is. Because I could have very easily went and got it. Because it's a guitar center at a mall. So I could have easily went and got like a pretzel or something. I only went into the acoustic <laughs> room because of how loud the main room was. Yeah. Like it was just a fun, you know, like imagine guitar center. guys playing down-tuned versions of stairway to heaven all at the same time so it just sounds like you know and i was just like 
I'm going to get the hell out of here. I went in there and I guess he had the same idea because there was nobody else in there but he and I. Can you imagine working at Guitar Center every day? Do you, do you think you become just immune to that noise? or, or well, I worked at Sam Ash for four years. Oh, okay. So what's, what's the secret? Um, you eventually just become numb to everything in life and misery. Uh, dark graphs slowly encapsulates <laughs> your entire being as you're dragged deeper and deeper into the waning depths. <laughs> you know what it sounds like good content for a song <laughs> have you ever written a song about your experience at sam ash yeah that's like a sound garden song in the Seriously. Angels, you found me. <laughs> new song um, ideas so what's the worst thing that you've heard then working at sam ash of somebody trying to do there was an open mic at sam ash and there was a great duo that would come in from the rehab center that was nearby <laughs> um and it was a woman playing keyboards and a man <laughs> who sang and all he all, all the instrument he played while he sang was he hit claves together i don't know if you know claves it's those two little like yeah you know, ceramic things that make the ding noise yeah so you go in the song i remember we'll never forget it it's burned into my memory because i saw them play it a couple times i actually have a video of it somewhere Somewhere in the depths of my computer, I have a video of it where this guy's guy going, wiggle, jiggle, jiggle, wiggle. Yeah, come on. And like the key, the <laughs> piano keys were out, like they weren't in tune together. And it was one of the one of the strangest things I'd ever witnessed in my life. So I think that's probably my biggest takeaway uh, from Sam Ash days. <laughs> well, you know, at least you've moved on out of the retail realm of music to actually making great music and getting out to people. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's actually, that's a funny story. My, I'm still friends with my manager, Nate, and Nate knew I was, I always felt if I just started around then and around my ending of my time there. And Nate was like, Nick, get out of here. Like, go actually do what you want to do. He's like, because if you stay here, man, it's so easy just to get stuck here. And he told me to leave and he's like, this will always be here. Like, you're young, go do your thing. And you know, I guess things worked out, and he's super proud of me. So it's yeah, pretty cool for yeah. sure, man. You guys are putting out some good music. Um, so you found all these guys together. You got Blake, you got Greg, you got Robert. Um, you know, what was the next step for you guys going out and playing live? Did you go and start trying to track stuff right away? We went. And, I remember, like, we first got together. We played for a couple months, and then we ended up recording a record. Like, we started. It was like November 2014. We started recording a record, like in probably probably that summer that following summer in 2015 around then recorded a demo disc and you know after that like because you know like if you wanted to play gigs you had to have something you gotta have you know? something to show them yeah yeah and, what were the first you know, couple tracks you after recorded? that it was just like a, i'm sorry go ahead um the only song that we still play is what you're worth is the only track that we still play from that and we have a live version of that on YouTube and um, it'll get its release uh, someday in the future. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, nothing else that anyone would know. So like, I mean, we've, we've been through so many different variants of, before we got to like where we are now, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, we released that record and we just kind of made this thing of like, okay, we're going to, gig we're not going to do pre-sale shows like we want to really do this and you know we just started gigging and became part of the local scene and then moved on to hollywood and 
just kind of busted our ass on sunset playing, you know, the whiskey and the Viper like a billion times until we eventually got good enough to play, you know, some paid gigs. And, and then eventually while we were playing at the Roxy and stuff, you know, uh, we got management and our management at the time found us, uh, you know, uh, an agent and he came to see us play at the whiskey and he thought we had potential. And next thing we knew we were playing, you know, all the biggest rock festivals in the fall of 2017 in America. And we were off to the races, you know, and then that following January, we got signed to Roadrunner. So it was like, <laughs> happened really quickly, you know, relatively quickly. I mean, we've only been a band, what, since really Greg joined in the in like, like May of 2015. So we've really only been a band. I, I don't consider us really joyous wolf until he joined. So we, we, so I guess what, what is that then? Six years? Yeah. So you were talking earlier about, you, you know, you, you're not like an ACDC, same song after one another, more diverse. And I'm wondering if that, is that having to do with Los Angeles at all, or that's just what comes out naturally inside them? I'm, I'm really wondering what, you know, we're wondering about what the scene is like there in Los Angeles for you guys and uh, we i mean we've we've been outside of that for so long i mean like when we started touring the country you know it was like no looking back like it's funny because right before the pandemic happened we went and we played like a joyous wolf show after i remember we played a joyous wolf show at this place called the slide bar one of the you know our favorite Mm -hmm. venue in orc by far because they were the first people to ever pay us and uh just you know it's our home venue there and we had a show before we went on this massive tour and you know we got a couple heads in there and then we came back and we in the beginning of 2020 in february and did a show there and we sold out and it was like the first time that we had really done that ourselves in socal and that was huge you know and then of course you know <laughs> the world decides to take a take a break but you know it's all spilt milk now but so i mean that was like that was kind of we have like you know we have some friends here like some great bands like of limbo from long beach and uh, a couple other great bands and whatever um like you know the dirty honey guys are from hollywood yeah and, good um, band man we dig those yeah, guys too yeah nice cats nice guys um really talented group of dudes um but yeah i mean we were you know when we were playing you know it was we, there wasn't really one it, we were literally the guys who would just play any thing you know, we yeah. opened up for like weird touring, like Japanese, like Power Rangers, full on <laughs> costume. Like we had we, what? We would play on anything. We no, literally, we opened like post hardcore nights and indie rock nights, and you know, like whatever. It didn't matter. Metal. Like we'd go and we'd be like, "I'm not scared of you" to the audience, and just you know, piss the hell off and open. There's for no like like was a uh, gaiju or the giant Japanese monsters in the audience fighting or anything. No, but it was like it was just like they. Were, I don't really know. I can't remember their name, but they were hilarious. <laughs> what um, kind of music? It's like you know, like weird jack pop <laughs> stuff. You know, like synth synthy or something. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> like like so, not not we got like put J-pop on a lot of, or is it J pop? Is that what it's called? It's very yeah. It's the closest thing I can say. It's probably J pop. Yeah, not yeah. my thing. Like what Guar is for metal, it was like that for J pop. Nice. Yeah. Oh so. Just people in full on cost. It was the weirdest night, you know, like we, but we got paid, 
you know hey. this guy would give us a hundred bucks to play these shows and i was like all right he's like you'll take literally anything we're like anything and we did i mean because it was good practice you know sure. like just to go yeah. in there and be in front of audiences of all breeds you know and try your hand at making it work that was you know that was a big learning curve for us and it really helped you know we actually did go on the road because we're like well, we played in front of all sorts of audiences i mean this is no different you know just maybe a couple more at these festivals you know a couple thousand more people um but yeah that was kind of how it all worked out i mean we we were never really a part of it i don't really there was, i don't think there was really ever a scene really we had some friends like i remember like we all that like you know again like really just a limbo and whatever like i mean they're the only band that really sucked by us like from the beginning and have always been our friends and i'll always you know it's like if i ever make it they're making it too that's what i always say it's like i'm gonna <laughs> if i ever do anything i'm just gonna broadcast their band every day until something sticks because it's just you know you 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 lift up your people you know um but yeah we were never really a part of a scene i really can't say that that much like if there were times it was like very very short and the span of our career because like before we knew it we were out of state and just going and touring and playing anywhere with anyone you know and that was that was our mo for the last couple of years i think your music's diverse enough that it, it can fit in a lot of different genres or categories it's good i mean it's rock music so you sort of can be flexible wherever they need you to be whether it's metal southern rock whatever so speaking of touring that's what i was saying yeah like uh i think our main thing was like we just didn't give a shit and we went up on stage and just blew the whole joint up i mean i'm doing backflips and the splits and, yeah, you and saying fuck you and put your fucking hands up you <laughs> fucking idiots you know I, I just didn't give a shit especially then like, like, I mean, when I was a little younger, like, I was definitely just, like, I would just say, I would call the crowd, like, pieces of shit and, like, you know, clap you fucking morons, like, you know. <laughs> Does that win over the crowd? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, like, legit, like, it, it actually, it had an adverse effect, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, mainly because I w- I'd say it while smiling. Yeah, of course. You know, it was never like, it was just like, you know, come on. I mean, I, it was just, that was kind of my whole thing was like, if you're not going to give me anything, then I'm not going to give you anything. So you're here. I'm here. Let's do this. That was my, that was that era of my, my performing style, you know? So as I was saying, speaking of touring, I know I did listen to an interview with you guys and uh, did a lot of shows with Buck Sherry. And also do you guys, I want to make sure I got this right. You did some shows with Deep Purple. Yeah. And 2019 was a crazy roller coaster every year because we made the record we finished it and then right after we were done we went straight on tour with buck cherry we did 80 88 shows with buck cherry which was insanity had no time off went, like had like what maybe three days off at three days off at a lake house in washington went into canada for the first time uh, for the second time because we went in canada with buck cherry too went into canada we did seven dates with slash and mouse kennedy Oh, nice! And then went and then went right back to playing with Buck Cherry, and then uh, we had we finished Buck Cherry tour. We had five days off, flew to Nashville, shot a music video, uh, did a bunch of other stuff, got on the road again, and then did thirty two shows with Deep Purple, and we did one hundred and twenty total gigs in like six and a half months. Damn! What what, yeah, what video did you guys shoot? Uh, Quiet Heart. Okay. So, what do you learn? being on 
a tour with like Slash and Miles Kennedy and Deep Purple and Buck Buck Cherry. Buck Cherry was pretty relaxed. I mean, they're really cool guys, and the crew is nice. And honestly, it was it was a, it was a good learning experience, like playing the club the club tours like that. Uh, with them, you just kind of learn to like be a workhorse and how to be consistent. And, you know, like I was, and I was, you know, the way I, the way I do it, I go out there every night and I just murder myself, you know, and because I, I just want people to remember. That was the whole thing in the early times. I just want you to remember. I want you to remember. I want you to remember. Like, I don't care who you're seeing today. I'm going to be a highlight no matter what. I will do anything. I will do anything and everything. I will sweat. I will bleed. I will break bones. I'll do anything if it means that you're going to walk out of here and you're going to remember me over the guy who's going to play after and before me and every other person you're going to see for the next week. You better be thinking of me. Even if you hate me, you better be thinking of me. Nothing made me happier than when guys would go on YouTube and type mean comments about us like, these guys, oh my God, piss me on the singer, pissing me off. I was just like, well, you're thinking of me, man. You're in bed with your wife right now and you're thinking of me. You know, like, um, you know, uh, so that, that was the whole thing, you know, like, uh, with, with, with Slash and Miles Kennedy, it was much more like, okay, that was an introduction to like that kind of production scale, um, that kind of change because, you know, we, we wanted to stay out of the way. We don't want to bug them. These guys are on the road all the time, you know, like, and we just, we just stayed out of the way, you know, and did our thing and, Thankfully, we played one show with them the year prior in 2018, and they liked us enough to have us back for that run. And we had a great time, and they were really, really nice and supportive. And to this day, uh, the Conspirators, their band, uh, Todd, Brent, and Frank, are just really nice guys. They're super nice to me, and and I've become really good friends with them. And and, uh, they'd watch, and I don't forget, like they came, all of them, you know, all of them came and watched, and it was at the show in Edmonton. And that was the best show I ever did. It was huge, giant, giant ass like stadium thing with like packed to the brim. And I just I had like this girl that I was sweet on at the time, like pretty much called me and told me she was going back to her ex-boyfriend because she didn't want to wait around for me. And I remember I had that feeling in my chest, and I was like, you know what? Fuck everybody fuck everything you know it was that's it was the perfect storm because i went up there and i was like i'm gonna rock this place like nobody ever has and i remember we broke like our merch record that night because i was just i was just in the zone i just remember i can't remember anything about it but just from the response and all of the lifelong friends and fans we made from that show alone uh, i remember we actually got a letter from live ahead of live nation canada about to our record label about how good we were oh great wow and yeah and that was like you know that was literally me people say take make you know get lemons make lemonade that was me making like a like mike's hard lemonade you know like i was just like i was in such an emotional ball of like fuck you that night and i was like mumbling to myself i was like (laughs) did you tell her like i'm getting ready to open for slash and miles what are you doing I mean, that's, you know what? I have no hard feelings because at this point in life, I know that there's no point, you know. Well, there's supermodels right around the corner if you're not already well, you real know, you, know so. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you know what? Anyways, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, Brian, I don't, he, just, he just bypassed that. Did you hear that? He's just yeah, going right on. <laughs> I mean, really, though, I was, you know, I, like, seriously, I, I, 
I know at this point in my life, there's no point in having any malice towards someone because of a decision that they make that doesn't include me. Yeah. You know, if if that that ain't the path I go, it ain't the path I go, you know, pretty mature, man. That's impressive. I'm trying, you know, I mean, (laughs) I'm trying, you know, I'm 26, you know, and I just, I just want better for myself. And I just don't want to have to, I used to be a really angry guy. I still am, but just for different reasons. Like, you know, and I just don't like, I don't like feeling angry. I don't like being, I don't like hating. I don't like, I don't like it when I hate somebody. I don't like that feeling. I don't like that. I don't like the malice. I don't like that. You know, like I, if, you know, I'm, I'm much more like, Hey, if you're cool, I'm cool. Let's be cool. We don't need to do any of this petty bullshit. Cause I, I don't want to participate, you know, at this yeah. point in my life, you know, I've had enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we need more of that from people to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, like, I don't, I'm not going to say it like I'm some fucking guru or anything. Like, I don't know. Any, I don't know anything. I always tell people like, I'm the smartest idiot you'll ever meet. Like, uh, that's, that's my, that's my creed. Um, but yeah, you know, so, but that's what I'm saying though. I took that emotion and I just kind of let it out and a lot of good stuff came of it. And that was enough to make me feel better about it. It was like, you know what? I, I took that Instead of doing something negative, I turned it into a positive, and that's all that I can ever hope to do with stuff like that. You know, that's awesome. So, do you do you take that level of the emotion and showing the audience? Is that what really drives you for your stage presence? Because whether you're watching some of your videos live or recorded, you're doing you're all over the place, man. You're doing somersaults, you're jumping, you're you're just like insane. It's it's great to see, actually. I mean, for me, it, I know I won't be able to do that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of it's just like, you know what? I'm young. Let's go for it. You know, I'll hate myself when I'm in my 40s later. You know, yeah, you um, will. Yeah. <laughs> Personal but, experience there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but like uh, I, I grew up as a kid who wasn't well liked. I was a weird kid. I just didn't. I don't know. I was always kind of a few pegs to the left I guess I don't know people I just didn't get along with people and when I tried it just made things worse you know I was just such a peculiar cat and there's this this thing in me you know I I was in sports but I wasn't good when I was young you know and my father was my coach you know and kids would be like oh coach is so mean to me I'm like yeah live with him (laughs) like you know um I coached my kid in baseball for years. He he understands that and so do I. Yeah, you know, you come home and you're like, you know, you're like you fuck, yeah, you got you missed that hit. You got struck out. You're gonna hear about that. I wasn't like that. It's gonna be like six days later, like, you should have hit that ball, Gregory. (laughs) I'm sorry, Dad. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, like uh it was just stuff like that, you know. And and the thing I love about my dad is that he never he never he wasn't one of those give you a blue ribbon dads, you know, for any. If I didn't earn it, he didn't give me anything. Mm-hmm. And that kind of set me up for my whole life where I was just kind of like, you know what? I, I it, it burned me up inside. I'm like, you know, being this kind of weird kid. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I want these people to look at me. I want to be acknowledged. I want I want people to know that I'm worth something. I want people to know that I can give, I can do things. I want people to recognize. I wanted to be recognized. You know, in sports, I got really good at sports and, you know, it was, it was that kind of the same mentality is like, I'm just going to keep improving. Like, I don't care if you don't catch up to me. I don't care if I leave people behind. I don't care what, what, at what cost. I just want to be better. And I want to give, I want to give everything. I want people to know that I care 
enough to do that. And sometimes people take that as a, like a threatening thing. Like, oh, why is he trying so hard? I'm like, I'm trying so hard because there's a lot more at stake here than just this show or, or this performance or any of that. Like, you know, I live, I work in a genre people say, you know, is uh, artistically bankrupt, is, you know, uh, is dead and is dying and is withered and is boring. And it's like, well, I have all of that on me every night. You know, I have every band that's ever played ever being compared to my ass every single night. And it's like, okay, well, they might have done that, but I'm going to do it like this. And I'm going to do it my way. And I don't care if you love me or you hate me. I'm going to do it. You know, and I'm going to get through this and I'm and you're going to stand for me. You know, we played the Deep Purple tour. That was the whole mentality. Every show is like, I don't care if I'm like, I don't care. You're going to stand for me. You know, they were all unseated, mm-hmm. you know, for the theaters. And I was like, you're going to stand at the end of my show. If you don't and 90 percent of the room is, then you're just an asshole. <laughs> you know, I, that's a great. And that mentality. was the whole thing was like uh, I remember there always be plenty of nights where the majority would stand up. You've got a really good perspective, like attitude is like a lot of people have the opposite where you owe it to me to stand up and do all that. Your attitude is I'm going to win you over. So I earn that. And I think that's 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 great. You know, I think that's a really good mindset to have, because I think that's probably helps you drive the performance. Yeah. You know, every night is a new flight, you know, and you're not owned anything. And you go out there and you guys perform your asses off to earn that support from the crowd. Yeah, you know, and at this point now it's a lot more like I've proved that I can do that and that's what people expect of me. So now it's like I want to, I'm going to be changing things up a lot, you know. Um, I really want to prove now that I can sing, like really sing and yeah. that I'm not just a guy who is acrobatic. I can do other things too. Mm-hmm. Not saying that won't always be a part of my show and the dancing or whatever. I love to dance, but like, yeah. Uh, but now, especially on the new record, I want I want to show people that I can sing with the best of them. Well, um, like your Mississippi, your cover of Mississippi Queen is spot on, dude. Like you've got that good rock, almost like a southern guttural. Like I couldn't believe it. And then when I hear some of your other stuff too, so you're really able to do different things in different genres. Are are you a, a trained singer, or just kind of a natural thing? I've had lessons like more recently, but I wouldn't call, I still wouldn't call myself a train when I'm, I'm a self-taught with some training now, yeah. I guess. Uh, you know, I, I'm always been a chameleon. I can, I can adapt to a style. I can make it happen. You know, I can do like, you name it. <laughs> well, name let, it. yeah, let's talk about, it. I mean, you know, I think in this, in this gap and even as you kind of on one of your, your um, EPs too, with, we talked about Mississippi queen, which you guys just kill. Um, a couple weeks ago or months ago on Facebook, you guys did a fantastic cover of Interstate Love Song by Stone Temple Pilots. Hey, yeah. you just did the thing with the Who Behind Blue Eyes on like Instagram and all that stuff as well too. So, I mean, you're showing some of that diversity and what you're able to really do. Like, how does that come up? How does that come about to cover some of those songs? I just get bored. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I mean, on Instagram, you know, people are always bugging me on oh, Nick. You need to make content, and I'm like, okay, well, all right, I'll make there you some go. stuff. And, I mean, you know, are those like, bands yeah. that you guys like, songs that you like? Is it like you coming up with that? Is it somebody else from the band saying, yeah, "Hey, dude, we, we love do Stone this? Temple Pilots." I mean, who doesn't like Stone Temple Pilots? Right. Um, uh, we just, you know, that was like kind of like, why not? Let's do this thing. Why not? You know, we don't like doing that a lot. Right. We don't. 
we we you know we really like to do things on our own merits. That was really the subject of Bob, which is why it's on Instagram. Yeah. Well, it gets people yeah. it gets people to find the band and hear your really good original content too. It's just so unique. You got the Who, and you have uh, you know Mountain, and you have a Stone Temple Pilot. So you know that's a pretty Stevie wonder. I did I just did Stevie Wonder. I did uh I did that eighties band Naked Eyes. You know. Oh. Go down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then I did. Uh, I do some more ballad stuff. I did that song from the movie Toy Story too. Oh, um, the one I, that uh, Sarah McLaughlin sings. You know when the Jesse yeah. doll. Yeah, yeah. It's a, like how sad everybody gets. Uh that one. Yeah, because it's it's a sad song. But no, I'm like, okay, what happens if it? Uh, that's always my favorite thing to do. Is like I've always thought about. I bought a cover of Natural Woman by uh, Aretha Franklin. Wow. Yeah, just because. Just because, like, I like doing that. So, like, you know, uh, when she loved me is about the little girl doll and whatever. And I'm like, when a when a guy, when a man, or you know, a, a male sings that song, uh, or this kind of voice, I suppose, you know, like, when somebody loved me, everything was beautiful. You know, when I when I sing like that, it changes the meaning of the song, and that's those are fun for me. Like, I like doing stuff like that. Uh, I'll sing anything, man. Like. Yeah. Uh, I don't care if it's Bee Gees or if it's uh, Metallica. I'll do it. Bee- Why do the Bee Gees come up in every podcast in, yeah, in right, disco music, right? Brian? I swear to God, we've spoken to like Greg Can't Martin from the Kentucky. The Bee Gees. <laughs> yeah, nothing's wrong with the Bee Gees. Bee Gees. But like, the, you know, the yeah. <laughs> lead singer from the, over the lead guitarist from the um, Kentucky Headhunters, Steve Gorman from the Black Crows. Like everybody it comes back to the Bee Gees. Brian's a big Bee Gees guy. Oh. Everybody had Saturday Night Fever. Of course. I mean, yeah, come on. It's a great song. <laughs> I would, I would, if I could sing, that's why I learned to play guitars. That's why I have guitars. I'm like, I would have accompanied you, but I stayed away from that. And my <laughs> wife would have shot me if I, that was recorded of me singing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of cool for you covering CB Wonder and then doing that. Like you, you really do got almost like an R&B and soul style to your, to your vocals as well too. Brian, do you pick up on that? Oh yeah. You got a great range. I mean, I grew up listening to like the '40s, '50s, and '60s, like exclusively. Like Motown, and then, like, man. A lot of a lot of new wave music. My parents were from that generation, and my dad and my mom just liked all this weird foreign stuff, like, uh, like all this Portuguese music and Portuguese like, all, music. Are you guys yeah, Portuguese? Of, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Spanish music, uh, Gaelic music, uh, a lot of Italian music. Okay. Uh, a lot of different stuff and you know like to the point i was in i was on this brazilian podcast and i was like oh i'm actually a huge fan of this brazilian entertainer named lenin and uh you know to the point where like i i know it phonetically like i just listen to the song so much i know like uh was it was it I know all the words because I've heard the song 100 billion times. And, but the same thing, it's like, you know, I know all of these, all of the, I I love language and, you know, I want to learn, I'm learning more languages actually, um, French and and I'm trying to master Spanish. Um, And uh, just because I just, I love the songs I grew up listening to, all these different languages and songs, styles and whatever. You should have picked up some Japanese so you can compete with those J-pop <laughs> Power Rangers guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you never know. It's funny because I actually love Japanese music too because sure. I, 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 I grew up an anime kid and I still am into a lot of that. Um, 
So I actually do know some songs again the same way phonetically. Some of the theme uh, songs. Yes, uh, some of those and like what? My my son, uh, my son's big in the Japanese culture, likes some anime stuff. So what do you got? I try to I try to think about what I wouldn't butcher. Uh, uh, I remember there's a great song, an anime called Bleach. At the end, there was in the end of the first season, there was a great song that put called "Life Is a Boat," and it was first part was in English and it went into Japanese. And it was like, nobody knows who I really am. I've never felt this empty before, and if I ever found someone to come along, well, who's gonna comfort me and keep me strong? And it goes in the Japanese. Uh, uh, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, you go. Uh, there you go. I, I legit have. I just love music, man. I yeah. don't care what form it comes in. I don't care if it's death metal or if it's, you know, Mumford and Sons. It doesn't really matter much to me. If the song is good, it's good. So anything of, you don't like, I hate stadium country. Yeah, like bro country. Yeah, but I can yeah. do that. I can do it really well though. I'm sure. If worth. Hard work for the busy convenience store clerk to feed that hurt. I'm going insane. <laughs> it was a uh, seven to three, three to eleven, eleven seven. Uh, it got even the draw in your voice. Uh, I mean, they're all just trying to be Elvis, and I'm a huge Elvis fan. Uh, so I, 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 that's how I started to sing. Is I, I'd mimic. You know, I used to, I was in, a, like, the first bands I was in, I was just doing a Tom DeLonge impression, you know? So, <laughs> I, I could do it all. jingles. <laughs> yeah. If you want to move up, get yourself a Hoover. Um, <laughs> if this, if the Joyous Whoop thing doesn't work, you should try out for Saturday Night Live, you know, to be able to replicate this voice. You could absolutely That's actually one of like the that. dreams of mine, is I want to do that thing that Ariana You're funny. And you Bruno can do Mars it. Did. Yeah. You see, that, you see that one where they did all the... I also would love to be on the Tonight Show and do a was it Wheel of Musical Impressions? Yeah, that would be really yeah, fun. Yep, I'd love to do that. I'd kill I think that. Ariana movie. Grande did that oh, with Fallon. She right? did, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like swing like Britney Spears and sing like Mariah Carey yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I I always love the songs that give them like sing Wheels on the Bus, but it's Christina Aguilera. You know? Right. <laughs> what is your best vocal? Um, what is your best vocal? I guess like impersonation of who? uh that's like a that's a debate among okay. friends uh right. i think i started to think who can i do really good i mean tom along is super easy that was good, good. At, i mean that was good like was it that oh yeah i said sorry i can't sleep i can't dream at night it was like don't waste your time on me you're already on a voice inside my yell um uh, all those guys back then, they all sounded the same in that era. They really did. All of those guys, like, uh, uh, I can do all those guys super, because it's all the same voice. If I can even do it right now, I'll be like, uh, I, I'm on the spot now. I'm just trying to, like, mm. <laughs> I can do John Mayer. I can do John Mayer pretty okay. good. Uh, was the one he had, like, <sighs> Your Body is a Wonderland? Oh, yeah. We got this afternoon. We got this room for two. Your body is a wonderland. Your body is a wonderland. Use my hand. <laughs> nice. That's good. Uh, uh, Can you do Dave Matthews? That? That's in the same vein. <laughs> I probably could, but I, I, 
No, I'm good with Dave All right. Matthews. All the Can little you do some hair stuff. metal? Anybody from hair metal? I'd have to like scream for that, and I don't think I should do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could do a modern Vince Neil. There you go. <laughs> you uh, you enunciated about as well as he's doing yeah, these days. Exactly. And I'm a big Motley Crue fan, but he poor Vince is struggling. He, he had his day. He did. That's you know, California guys. Know, I don't I don't know if he did because I watched a, I watched their uh, Us Festival performance and I was like, this right? is dreadful. Oh, the, yeah. Was it 82? Is it 82? Yeah. Yeah. 83, 82? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's Just real. I don't, think, I don't think they were ever good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean... As a studio band, if you ever if you ever saw one, there's a studio band. Well, they tore up some of the places that you guys were t- torn, tearing up there in Hollywood to get started, weren't they? With whiskey. And... Oh, I mean, yeah, that was the whole thing back then. I mean, it's a it's a shell of its formal self, whiskey. Oh, sure. You know. I, I listen to everything, man. I I really do. If I haven't proven that, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah I think sure. you have. Here's a here's low voice Sting, uh, just mumbling his way through one of his solo works. <laughs> he got seen got a little pretentious over time i think <laughs> i get i could do i mean my voice is tired of shit right now so i could probably you're doing a good job man probably uh could do it better um <laughs> <laughs> well, well we'll save your voice that that was impressive as hell brian oh, yeah. I, that's all i know I'm just, again, everybody in the comment section just gets on YouTube. Fucking sucks. It wasn't good. I've been listening to Sing since 1973. And I think that you suck. And you'll never, you know, I, I, back in my day, back in my day, I don't know if you know this, but back in my day, I saw, a, I knew a guy who went to a Zeppelin concert and he told me. Yeah, it, that's every boomer YouTube comment. Can you do Robert playing? Is that too high uh, right now? I think there's a guy who does that better than me these days. Um, is it the guy? Is it is it a band you're thinking of? No. Okay. No. 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 Okay. Talking about the guy stop, that would get stop mad at it. You no. Play. No. 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 I'm talking about Kingdom Come. Oh yeah, get it on, man. What love yeah. can do? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, it was great. Talking about the guy that would get mad at you for doing Sting. Like I got into it with a guy with. You know, saying, you know, Blackberry Smoke is nowhere as good as Skinner was. <laughs> <laughs> Blackstone Cherry and Blackberry Smoke, or what's up with the fruit names? <laughs> well, you know, I would have never thought anybody would bring up Kingdom Come. We I, we thought we had a brief chat about Vinnie Vincent Invasion with Steve Gorman last week, and now we got Kingdom Come. This is this is becoming a hair metal podcast. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'll avoid hair metal at any cost. <laughs> you, well, well, Kingdom Come was lumped in with that. They weren't really hair metal. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of great rock bands in the 80s that were, I mean, I like the new wave. I mean, I'm not talking about 80s. I like the new wave stuff. So a very underrated band that came out of the UK in the 80s that was overshadowed by a lot of, of their peers, like the Thompson Twins and all that, the Outfield. Outfield's a great band, and everybody only knows band. their love, but they have a my lot da- of good my songs. Dad, my dad likes that song. Hell my yeah, man, your dad's band. right on. You should like <laughs> well, my that. Dad, my dad introduced me to all like the 80s. I'm probably the same age as your dad, so... <laughs> Yeah, my dad. Wait, my dad graduated high school in like 1983. Okay, I 80, was 93, 80, so I got 81, 81, 81. But the outfield's uh, great, man. The outfield is a great band, and they, you know, people overlook them. That was the kind of band my dad was in. Was like the synthy stuff, you know, like uh, 
he really loves like uh Depeche Mode and and Yaz and stuff. You know? Oh Yaz, yeah, Yazoo, Yaz or whatever. I mean, they're yeah, yeah, uh, sure. All that says stuff, Flock of Seagulls, and you know, uh, my mom loved Howard Jones. You know, yeah. things yeah. can always get better. And do you feel scared? I do. You know, that's another thing about me is I know the words. Every song I've ever heard, I know the words too. <laughs> I'm a human. I'm a human jukebox. Like, a, like yeah, like a photographic memory for a for a um, you know song lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Getting back to Joyous Wolf, like what? <laughs> <laughs> the whole reason for the podcast. Wait, Let's can talk we about talk about bands. Nick's terrible vocal impressions some more? <laughs> So what are you guys uh, working on? You're you always working on music. You know, what do you got coming up? You know, we're working on uh, the full income. <laughs> full length, full length album. That's what we're working on right now. When's it coming out? You guys have a, a time uh, uh, I think it's safe to say early 22, but there will be new songs this year for sure. Okay. Tour dates. You guys going to try to shoot for later on? Uh, we have stuff scheduled. It just all depends on if it actually like, it's going to be like this thing where it's three weeks out. Is it still happening? Yeah. All right. We'll do it. Yeah. Where do you cut your music at? You in any particular studio or? We record at a few places. Right now we're working at the Sound Factory Studio B um, in, in Hollywood. Okay. So do you have any influences from Southern rock bands? Like, I don't even oh, know. Like, who's, who's from, like, key from SoCal for you guys? I mean, it's super funny because like two, it's like two of the greatest Southern rock bands aren't even from the South. You know, Creedence Clearwater Revival from right. San fucking Frisco. Yep. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Mountain are from New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, John Fogarty uh, was a huge guy for me. The first song that Blake and I ever jammed was Born on the Bayou. And I love, um, I can do, you know, I love his songs. He's one of my favorite songwriters, favorite guys. Uh you know, uh, was that what my favorite song was? I just got home from Illinois, knocked front door, boy, got to sit down, take a rest on the porch. I think that was probably off, but <laughs> uh, what you're going for, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that. Tangerines and elephants are playing in the band. Uh, yeah, Joe Cocker. Uh, had a lot of that southern rock charm to him, yeah. From England. Then you got yep. Bob Seeger, fucking. Was it uh, all that great music? It just makes He's you from want to Detroit, say about right? it. Secrets from uh, Detroit? He, he is from Detroit, yeah. But again, all these bulls saying Southern Shoals. Rock. He cut music in Muscle Shoals, Brian? Yeah. Bob Seger did a lot, yeah. I mean, all that Southern Rock stuff, you know, like, uh, I mean, you know, Leonard Skinner's in its own category. I mean, everybody likes those songs by Leonard Skinner, you know. Um, yeah, you know, like, I, I grew up with a lot of, like, old country you know, like Johnny Cash and um, Patsy Cline. And so, like, there's a lot of that in there, you know, like, hello, I'm Johnny Cash, you know, doing that. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, you know, all that stuff, listening to the live at Folsom Prison, you oh, know, yeah. my uncle Jim really loved that and he played it all the time. Well, listen to your guys' tunes, man. Like, you know, your, your guitar player, um, Blake, does slide stuff, has a lot of bluesy riffs or southern rock or, like, classic he could rock do, riffs. I mean, he, he, can, he can really do anything, man, because, you know, you hear a song, Feel Below, yeah. and he wrote that one. That was all him, and an open tuning, just doing something really unique. And, again, you could, it's funny because he thinks he's a terrible slide player. Oh, no, he's good, he, yeah. He just, 
I think that's just self, our, all of our self-deprecating nature is how much we suck. Like, I suck. So it's, Well, if it's, you say you're comparing yourself to Dwayne Allman or, or you know, <laughs> like uh, Derek Trucks or something, yeah, everybody sucks. But, you know, I mean, he's good. His, his tone's good and, and his phrasing, good. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I told you, like, when it comes to music, man, I'm just kind of all over the map. And, but and that's Mother Rebel like, was, Mother ahead. Rebel just kind of happened, you know. Like, all of our best songs just sort of happened. Yeah, but that's kind of how it is too. I think if you think too hard on stuff and you try to make it some way, shape, or form, you you end up ruining it. It sounds like garbage. Yeah, you know, like a like Quiet Heart is another song from the record, and it couldn't sound any more different than Mother yeah. Rebel. I think so. Was that your song idea, or did somebody else from the band have that? We all write it. Okay. Together, so it's like whatever happens, happens. You know. So somebody might bring like a riff or a chord progression. You played the you chords to- and. He played the chords and I was like, there we go. If I, you know, when we all feel it happening in a room, we're like, okay, we got it. You know? Do you ever just bring lyrics to the band and, and have them try to get songs? Yeah. Like, our, our, our song said too much was that was me being like, I have this thing that says feel the heart, feel the love. And I remember like Greg, like I have this thing. And he's like, I think I know what you mean. And he totally knew what I meant and just went off with it and wrote the song in like a couple days. Now, do you play any instruments yourself? I play guitar. Okay. If you go on my uh, IGTV and scroll down, you'll see uh, I, I oh, do a bit. bunch of covers of, um, I did like a Cranberry song, My Way, one time on the I did a, was it Linger? I didn't sing it like her though, because I'm not a, you know, uh, an alto. Uh, but it was just like, you know, it was it's pretty cool. I don't know, I, I, have, I just do things at random and people are like, do you do requests? I'm like, no, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's because if i don't want to sing it i can't you need to do an instagram live like you just with us where you're just doing all these different things and seeing what kind of feedback you get from people i'm sure it would be hilarious <laughs> i can't reveal all my tricks <laughs> now um, i was actually thinking of actually doing like uh all the small things with my that joke, would be great pop punk voice and just having that be a random like a minute clip you know are, are those guys from California too? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. The entire so, yeah. culture was that. That's all there was here for so long. Dude, pop, pop punk, punk or whatever, and um, pop punk and post hardcore. That was it. Yellow Nothing card else. is that the name of that band too? Yeah, that's all the pop punk stuff. Right, Green right, okay. Days from California. Yep. We invented yeah. it, dude. <laughs> that's where this voice comes from. Dad, why don't you like me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. This new album, you're thinking early uh, 22. How many songs are you guys thinking you're going to track for it or want to throw out? We've already tracked a lot of songs for this. I mean, we've been working on, we've pretty much been working on this since the last record came out. Okay. You know, so uh, that'll be that'll be determined. Yeah. I don't really know yet. Is uh, this whole pandemic doing, providing any influence on any of the songs or anything you're doing on it? Fuck no. Good. <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh. I mean, of course, you know, but like, but not in, I think my whole, my whole goal going into the record was like, I'm not going to write, the walls are closing you. Right, right. You know, like, I I don't know, like, I mean, because I feel like every, everybody and their mom is going to be writing that song. And I'm like, I'm just going to write what I feel because of it. Yeah. And what I feel besides it, you know, like, because that's not the only thing that's happening, you know, it's not. And especially in my life and how I feel and. My whole thing is if I make you feel, then I win. I don't care what the reaction is. If I make you feel, I win. Yep. 
I don't, we don't want depressing stuff. We've already lived through the depressing stuff too. So, you know, you can use it to write positive things and God help I mean, me. If something- I mean, it doesn't necessarily even mean that it has to be this way or that or the other. It's, it's just more like the idea of like, I just want to be better than that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, you know, what's going to happen to you. You're going to see some movies or TV shows come out on Netflix or whatever about the shit. And I'm like, I don't want to watch it. I lived this. Like, I don't want to go back and revisit any of this crap anymore. I'm done. I think it's funny when like news segments are like a year since COVID looking back on the, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Looking back? We were all just there. <laughs> <You're right>. Like <laughs> I, I got friends in New York who are like, we're still there. It's like, you know, like it's like, shut yeah, up, bad. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just don't, I've lived it. I don't need to have other, you know, entertainment bring me back into that crap. So Tyler Bryant and the shakedown, they wrote a record and record a record and release a record during all this stuff, but they just got together and started jamming. It's not like all depression or anything like that. It's pretty heavy and a little harder rock. Yeah, and other. I yeah, love it. Know, I love it. You know, like, I mean, yeah, Ty is, is like one of the best guitar players working today. Yeah. yeah. And he's a really cool person and him and Graham and the rest of the boys. Yeah. Really you know, nice all those guys. guys? Oh yeah. Dude, yeah. We had him on the podcast. When it comes to the new rock bands, it's like, two, it's like one degree of separation. Sure. Like it, it you know, like, I know the Dirty Honey guys. Um, I know uh, Broken Love. I know the Crownland guys. I know. Uh... You're supposed to tour with Magnolia Bayou. Do a couple shows with them, weren't you? Yeah, I've met. I uh, I've never met them. Okay, um, good dudes. Good dudes. Yeah, yeah they're they're, they, the they, they're they're nice. I've talked I've talked with the singer um, and some of the other guys online, whatever, and they're nice guys. You know, I don't yeah. I don't know them personally though, but. Uh, you guys would yeah, pair you know, up well with them on a show, Bill. I guess time will tell. Yeah. Um, I mean, Joyce Wolf as a group is like you won't, you were not, you're not going to get Mother Rebel in the first record again. Like what we're doing now is a lot different. It's we're still a rock band. It's just like we're just like who the hell are we? And that was the whole question. It's like who the fuck are we? Because that's not it. You know. That's aspects of it. It's like a beginning phase of it, but that's not it. And the whole record now, we've accumulated this music. We're like, yeah, that sounds more like what we're doing and more like well, who we are and what we want to do. So, uh, well, let's take it back to like the, the like we talked about Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, like the guys that are around your peer group have been around the same amount of time, you know, your age, you know, anybody else from the Southeast that you. Yeah, man. That you yeah, man. Uh, somebody, not Southeast, but there's a great band called The Revel, and they're from New Jersey, dude. They have some great songs. They're a yeah. great band. Uh, lovely guys. Good friends of mine. I love them. Oddfellas from Texas. Great band. They have a great song called Cold. You guys will love it. Oddfellas. O-D-D-L-F-E-L-L-A-S. Um, like good again, fellas. Yeah, exactly. If they're, if they're looking, again, if they're younger cats and they're playing rock music, man, I'm for it all the way. You know, and if they're especially when they're bringing something like that, I'm like, that's them. That is that they have a personality that is them. You know, that makes me when they're when they're bringing something new to it, you know, it makes me happy. Again, there's a great little uh, little duo um, called Violet Saturn. They're from SoCal. I met them when they were they're really young and they're really good. Uh, She's the singer girl is fantastic. Um, Guitar player is great for is like a phenom for his age. a good band called Mess of Wires. Uh, they're on uh, Roadrunner with us now, and uh, they're also from SoCal. Nice cats. I haven't actually got to meet them yet, but uh, they're nice from what I've talked to them online, whatever. 
um good music good songs a lot of potential really young guys like the the singer just turned 21 you know they're, they're great um uh trying to think of, of limbo again of limbo from long beach california my best friends uh they're their record nicotine they have you know they do like they're weird they're like if if new wave music and and like grunge was mixed it's awesome hmm. yeah simply um, grunge I mean, not even like not the so much the synthy part. More like like if New Order, you know, played with like and like Allison James had a baby. That's how I always like think about it. Who's the band? Kind of like you mentioned is Rebel. Rebel. Uh, the Rebel. The Rebel. Okay. Rebel. Uh, the R E V E L. The Rebel. Right on. Um, have these cats on the show, man. They're all nice. They're all yeah, nice guys. Check them out. We're always looking for new bands. Ask everyone like. Who's someone we haven't heard of that that we'd like? You think we'd like? So, well, you know, and awesome. I say this every podcast. It's true. Brian started this podcast because he loves rock, southern rock, blues music. There's not a lot of great places for these bands, like you know, your peers and and people that we've talked spoken with to be promoted because you know, not there's not a lot of radio stuff going on. FM radio is uh, crap. Nick, you said it earlier that they consider it a dead genre. It's actually not. It's thriving. There is a lot of great. New bands I mean, out there like, killing it. Yeah, people is you know everyone talks about the flavor of the week, but I'm like in 19, what, 1985, the flavor of the week was not hard rock music. It was right. Tiffany, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, like, and I, and I always tell people is like everything's a swing, you know. And a great friend of mine, a, a legendary producer, Val Garay, uh, who was a very nice to us early on in our career, good, a very nice man. Um. He told me, he's like, Nick, there are almost 8 billion people on this planet. Get a million. Yeah. Get your great That's advice. A, you know, like, it's like the idea that just because it's not on uh, top 40 that people don't like it is, is stupid because I, you know, I know like uh, most of the people I know don't even listen to the radio. And if they do, yeah, it's it doesn't like, play what you want to hear. Yeah. Even satellite radio plays. Satellite radio is 50 channels of terrestrial radio all playing the same songs, but over 50 channels, too. Like, there's some good stuff. You mentioned Octane. Octane's cool. They play some different stuff, but a lot of it, like... I mean, there's a lot of, like, you know, niche stations on there. I mean, they like, Pearl Jam has their own goddamn Pearl station. Pearl Jam, now. I think Zeppelin has one. Prince had one. Tom Petty. The Beatles. Yeah. But Office it's, like, Boneyard, the same shit. Yeah. Nobody's playing new stuff. And working with Brian... Brian brought me on here. Like there is so many good bands that you just don't hear. There's rock is thriving. It's just nobody's really promoted in a national level. I mean, it's it's just like a thing, you know. Like you build it, they will come. And I always tell people, like, why do you care? We need to take the throne back from hip hop. I'm like, dude, let hip hop be hip hop. Yeah. Who gives a shit? There's a lot of great hip hop. There's a lot of great like there's a lot of great voices in that doing their thing for what they do, you know. And like I'm like, if anything, this is awesome. It's yours again. It belongs to you. It doesn't belong to the industry anymore. It's yours. You can do whatever you want with it. That should be the most freeing thing ever because it's not like people just stop listening to it. Rock and metal are still the most, uh, uh, the biggest genres on earth, mm-hmm. you know, and the rest of the world, America is one thing, but the rest of the world, people love it. People yeah. crave it. It's still the, it, you know, because that's just how it is, how things change. And again, I guarantee you in five years, not even in the next couple of years, we're entering a new decade. It's going to be a whole new swing of things, and 
whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like the people who are number one right now are not going to be in T minus two minutes in popular music. So it's like, that's, I don't ever look at that as any indicator of like what, how that should affect what I'm doing mm-hmm. other than like in a media standpoint, like when it comes to like TikTok and stuff, sure. But when it comes to like trends, I'm like, if you follow trends, by the time you get good at a trend, the trend's over. Yeah, I mean, shit. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is like, I, uh, shit didn't start happening for me in my career until I just started doing whatever I wanted, you know, with guys who also wanted to do whatever they wanted. And here we are. It probably makes you a lot, I mean, less stressful. You guys are making the music you want to make. Uh, you're bringing people out. They're seeing your live shows. You're digging it. You're randomly coming up on Amazon Music when listening to another album like me and saying, holy shit, who are these guys? This is a breath of fresh air. I got to know more about them. I mean, you, you know, it's a good attitude to have. Be true to yourselves and do what you're going to do, and you're going to pull the fans in. Yeah, you know, if that's that's true, man. Like, nobody wants to see something you're not. And that's kind of the whole thing is, I'm like, when I go up there, the next time I go onto a stage, I'm going to be me, not somebody else. You know, and I and I can't wait for that. I can't wait for people to meet me. Yeah. I, I want to see you guys live in concert at some point too when all this stuff gets rolling. Cause oh, you, again, you definitely will, man. When we can hit it again, we'll be hitting it until, until you know, time to make another record. Well, it's just but, the energy and enthusiasm you guys have, not just the style of music, but I mean, you guys actually look like you're enjoying yourselves. Again, like I said before, you're all over the stage. It's, it's nice to see. You don't always get that. We have a good time. We have a good time because it's what we love, you know, and there's nothing else we'd rather do. I mean, especially at this point with all the crap that we've been through yeah, and we've persevered. It's like nothing can kill us. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Only thing that can kill us is time, you know, and, you know, no one's able to avoid that factor. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, we've just been through so much and, you know, we're closer than we've ever been. You know, we're family and we all know what we like and what we don't like. And we work as a unit and go do our thing. And when we're on stage, it's just euphoria. Right on, right on. I think it might be that time of the show where we, I throw this thing over to Jason, and I think he's got a speed round and a couple of bizarre questions and before <laughs> we wrap up. Let's do it. Yep, we're going to finish up with the lightning round. So these are just quick quick answers. Don't think too hard on them. First thing that comes in your head. Got it? Sure. All right. What's the first album you ever purchased? Oh, man. What was the first album I ever purchased? No, oh, uh, Hot Fuss by The Killers. Oh, nice. Good call. Yeah. I like The Killers, man. Best record of that decade by far. I, I, I dig Samstown a lot, too. I think that's a really, really Sam, cool Sam album. Sound is, Sam Sound is, is more explorative, but I'm talking about, we're going to talk like every goddamn song being a hit. Like that, that I'll, I'll never forget that, being a kid and hearing every song on the record on the radio. It was awesome. What's your favorite track on that album? Oh, man. Ironically, uh, uh, glamorous indie rock and roll that hmm. was on the British yeah. release. Uh, but my favorite always is Smile Like You Mean It. Okay. That's yeah. good. I like all the things I've done. I think that's a cool song too. Man. All the things, I, yeah. I mean, literally, I could, on a given day, it could change, but Smile Like You Mean It has always been just, I like, I just love that line, Smile Like You Mean It. Well, come on, let's see a Killers cover from something track on that album now on your next, your next it, social yeah, media post. Next, I'll do Killers for you. All right. Do, I'll do it. I'll do- yeah. be fucking great <laughs> what's the first live concert you attended 
ACDC Black Ice Tour, Los Angeles, California. Mike, who took you to say I, that? I went by myself. Oh, did you really? Nobody wanted to go. My dad dropped me off. <laughs> How old were you? Fuck, 2008. I was... Uh, 14. How old are you now? Were you 12, 13? Uh, see, six, six plus eight, uh, 12. Oh, no, I'm so bad at math. Uh, four, 14. Damn. Yeah, 14. I was about 14, 15 years old. And uh, nobody wanted to go with me because no one liked them but me. Uh, none of my friends liked them anyway. I'm sure somebody at school did. I wasn't friends with them. Uh, uh, but yeah, I went and saw that. with Again, I'm super lucky with Bill, Malcolm, you know. Yeah. Uh, the whole lineup, you know, as it was, it was. Their la- pretty much their last great hurrah, really, is ACDC, in my opinion. Yeah. Plus an album's Black Ice is fucking amazing. Uh, I, I do like their new album, though. When that came out, I man, I saw this in the that a lot and would work out to it. I like Black Eyes better. I think yeah. Black Eyes has better songs on it. Just because they had freaking Rock and Roll Train. Running right off the track. What's your uh, favorite ACDC song? Oh, shoot. Uh, let me put my love into you. <laughs> You know, almost let me, every ACDC song is an innuendo, <laughs> sexual yeah. innuendo, let, everyone. Let me cut your cake with my knife. I, I'm picking up what they're putting down when they say that. Yeah, let me cut your cake with my knife. Oh. I'll, I'll remember when my son and his friends, my son's 18 now, but a couple of years ago, I had him in the car, was listening to the radio, and Big Balls came on the radio, and they thought that was the greatest fucking song like just that ball is always <laughs> bouncing yeah bono bon scott all right bon um, who's the coolest musician that you've met so far actually i want to change my mind i want to change right. that not let me, let me put my love into you is definitely one of my favorites but uh my favorite is uh if you want blood you got it oh yeah good one yeah. that's a good one good energy um who's who's the coolest musician that you've met so far fuck I met so many cool people. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you like five All right. really cool musicians because I, I couldn't just choose one. Ian Gillen, Deep purple. There we go. Uh, was so sweet to me. He did not have to be. Um, took me under his wing and told me a lot of stories and a couple of the interactions we had and came down on my 25th birthday while I was on the tour with them and says, "Is it your birthday night?" And I was like, e-, you know, a mouthful of, of fried chicken, like. Yeah, you know and you know he loved elvis and you know i talk about that and about harmonica and the blues and i'll cherish that forever um miles kennedy my 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 hero you always uh, hear he's such a nice guy he, he was so cool to me and he had, he had some very nice words to say to me that are i will hold dearly in my heart um forever uh shoot uh, I'll say the one of the coolest experiences ever was meeting Billy Idol, and just telling him, "Billy, you're my mom's favorite," and he's like, "I'm everybody's mom's favorite." <laughs> Classic. Yeah, what a what a what a guy. Um, I met him like for ten seconds. That was like the only interaction I had with yeah. him. I actually no, I didn't see him again at this interview he did for Sirius XM. I was just at the tent at the festival and I was just hanging out and then he came in and I was like, Oh, 
cool. Um, this is totally not fucking surreal at all. Uh, <laughs> Dave Grohl. And, okay, all of the Foo Fighter guys and the Queens of the Stone Age guys, we met them at the same freaking time. Same day I met Billy Idol. Festival. And it could not have been... Yeah, welcome to Rockville. They could not have been better to us. They could not have been nicer. They were the nicest... The nicest people. And... It, you know, we got to watch them both side stage that evening, and that was a big kick in the ass for me. I was like, that's what I want. This is what I want. When I heard the entire crowd sing My Hero, mm-hmm. like the entire audience in unison of like, what, 30,000 people or whatever the heck it was, screaming My Hero's lyrics and all their other songs, but mostly that one being really impactful for me. I was just like, because he just stopped and played the went back and chanted with the band while the audience was just screaming the I remember I remember that just absolutely just being in my mind I'm like I need to be so much better I need to everything needs to be better I want this this is what I want you know um trying to think who's the last one or was that just three yeah no, that was four, four. uh <sighs> That's okay. You can say four. I said one, so you gave us four more, four times the answers. Slash, slash is awesome. By the I bet. He deserves to be in there too. But it's funny. But I had to throw him in there, even though he's not like the most famous of these guys. But Todd Kearns, uh, the bassist and back, you know, singer, he's up sing for uh, Slash's band, uh, Conspirators. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite person I met in music, like as a musician, another player. Because he's nice. just the nicest cat ever, and he was—he's still a big supporter of what I do, and one of the nicest people I've ever met by far. Sure, Man, that's that's good. Um, if you could play with anyone for one night, who would it be throughout just one history? Night? Yeah, like oh, you, shit. you could resurrect the dead, or just now, whatever. Anybody, just for one night, you can go on stage and play with these guys. Like go play on a song with them? Yeah, like perform with them a whole whole show. Oh, sh- the whole show? Fuck yeah. that! No way. I I I would just watch. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess if about I'll change it. If I was gonna open for any band, like be on a bill with them, that's more easy for me. Uh, All right. <laughs> oh shoot. I know who you wouldn't say. We cut that out of the interview. I got to cut that out too. No, you don't. don't. Oh no, I'm saying you got it. Don't allude to that. You're gonna get me in trouble. We're gonna ask questions. I don't uh, think we have enough people listen to the podcast to bring it back up to you. Not yet. Come on, man. Do me a solid. That makes me nervous. <laughs> I don't want people asking questions. Uh, yeah, who would you open for? Sure. Uh, who would I open for? Yeah. Uh, that's the hardest goddamn question. Yeah, it is. Know. I love to hear this from. I ask everybody this because I'm just intrigued. Like for different reasons, like, like, like I could say like easy things like Led Zeppelin, but it's like, is it though? Uh, 1972, The Who. Oh, right on. With like in their prime, who's yeah. next? Yeah, just oh. pops. Who's like, next? One of my favorite albums of all time, man. Yeah, oh man, I love God. that. I love that Pete hates it. That makes me. Yeah, why does he? Not, why does he not like it? I mean, seriously, like it's because one of the it greatest was part. It was part. It was part of a rock opera 
that he was trying to like impl- I get that because I'd be kind of annoyed too. It's like I tried to do this really like impressive thing. Like he did Tommy and he wanted to talk yeah. Tommy and he realized like halfway through he's like, this isn't gonna fucking work. So instead he just took some of the songs. All the songs were for that rock opera, except for uh the song that um Ant Whistle wrote. Uh God, was- Bor- not Boris the Spider, uh that's no, an older one. Um no uh it's like she's something. A girl. The girl is. It's on. Who's next? It's like yeah. The song about his wife or whatever. Anyways, um. Uh, yeah. That's my that's my favorite rock band ever. Anyways, like, yeah. like, who's your favorite rock band? I'm like the Who. Well, that explains like, the behind the who? blue eyes cover. The Who's great. Oh, my lo- yeah. It always. It always. I always felt like it made sense for me because I'm in a, like I felt his writing. You know, Pete's writing just always clicked with me. That's yeah. a band too that changed a little bit from how they start out. So that oh, extremely so kind of how they ended with more of a classical arena, but some blues really based elements to it. I mean, yeah, you go from like what, like the Who sells out to yeah, uh, Quadrophenia. It's a very different band, you know. Oh, completely. Um, all right, so you're 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 open for the Who or whatever. They say, hey, Nick, we want you to come up on stage and play a song with us. What are you choosing? Bob O'Reilly. <laughs> that that's I mean, one. Of, that's probably my favorite Who song. I mean, like this. I think they closed with that in the, on yeah. the '72 tour. So it's like just that being the end. Powerful the song. Country. Love it. Simple it's but the, powerful. It's, it's their song. You know, yeah. it's their song, and it's not "Who Are You" or something. That's it's or "Who Are You" is freaking awesome. Wizard, but "Who Are You" is awesome. But I love Bob all those O'Reilly. songs. Are great. I mean, yep. "Won't Get Fooled Again." You know, another one just to do when they came out and played Won't Get Fooled Again after 9 11 for that concert for the first responders. That was powerful as shit, man. Yeah. Brings a tear to my eye. They did uh, Love Rain Over Me. Yeah. Oh, another great song, too. Love Rain Over Me is one of my favorite songs ever. So it's like. Daltrey can sing it, dude. Like that dude. Daltrey and and Pete. I saw The Who a couple years ago um, right after uh, he recovered from his uh, pneumonia he had. Yeah. Um, and he was killing it. And I was just like, this man is not human. You know, I love him. I love, I, that's somebody I want to meet so bad. Yeah, but hey, man, keep him. doing what you're doing. You'll get your chance. I've gotten close. I've gotten close, man. I get closer all the time. Um, but, you know, meeting Deep Purple already was like insane. So if I got to meet Pete and Roger, I'd probably be like, all I've ever wanted to be is both of you at the same time. Oh, I saw. I take it back. My favorite Who song is "I'm One." I'm one. That's for every year is the same, but I feel it again. I'm a loser, no chance to win. Please stop falling. Come down and call them. Oh, nobody chooses that song as their favorite. That's 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 great. That's. Because I actually listened to the Who. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, everybody knows summertime. Oh, like, you know, know whatever. Yeah. I know yeah. that song on the radio. No, I'm just joking. I don't, I'm not that way. Uh, but no, yeah, that, that was always my song. Because I, I don't. I told you his words. I just feel like I'm from the same. Yeah. I, I feel like I just I come from the same sad boy corner as uh young. I see people. that. I mean, the band's got elements of the Who for sure in it for sure. Yeah, you, you know, like. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, we got elements of everything. You know, everything you we've do. ever loved is in our music, you know? Yeah. 
All right. Um, all right. Go back to the, the quick hitters here. All right. What is your favorite venue to play in? I don't think I played in enough to really say that, but so far the, the best venue I've ever played in was that show in Edmonton with Slash Miles Kennedy okay. at that at that arena in Edmonton, Canada. It's like a That's hockey cool. arena or something? I don't know what the hell it was. Some kind of convention center or something. Okay. And that was just insanity. I have pictures from that show. No fucking video exists of that show, what? of course, because life hates me. Uh, <laughs> But boy, every night that I suck, YouTube loves to post those uh, uh, <laughs> fucking, yeah, you know, uh, every empty club we've ever played sure loves to end up on YouTube. But, the, but I, you know, I take that as a compliment because if people aren't filming you, that means that they're watching you. So, uh, yeah, that, that was the, the greatest concert I've ever been a part of so far. Okay. Right on. Um, with a guilty pleasure song or artist for you i have so many of those dude like people all the time are like which one would we be most surprised about like holy shit i love sia yeah but she's like you know writes great music performs great music i don't know if that's that's well, not probably like, embarrassing I mean, enough a, uh embarrassing enough <laughs> uh i mean i know all the words the party girl don't give up <laughs> uh uh one two three one two three three um most embarrassing it's not yeah. embarrassing to me, though. So maybe, like, people would see what would people really not think I'd be like? super surprised. Like, huh? Uh, guy loves the Who, likes these guys. All right. Well, I mean, I like the Who, I like Sia. I feel like it's a my elastic heart. <laughs> um, uh, new kids on the block. Uh, I like, uh, I love New Kids on the Block. Uh, f- fucking, uh, but I like everything. So it's like trying to think of something that's actually like genuinely weird. Um, I love Walk the Moon. Okay. Their first record. I like, I love a lot. Uh, I, I don't know that's that's probably not too crazy. Um, I love Cheryl Crow. Oh, so who doesn't love Cheryl Crow? Love She's Alanis amazing. Uh, She's got a great band behind her too. Really some yeah. great players. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that's actually like, because I don't like any of like, I don't like like Meg Thee Stallion or Nicki Minaj. Or, I don't like any of that stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, not saying with- it's bad. I'm just saying that ain't for me. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Music subjective. Like not no yeah. insult anybody. Yeah, I just, I just always do that just to be funny. Like that does not mean I hate them. Uh, uh, <laughs> you respect their their talent. It just doesn't. I talk respect to you. them. It just doesn't speak to me, man. Yeah. It's like they're talking Chinese, and I'm a Jewish Amish man, man. Like there are two people that that are so well liked that i don't like that it drives people crazy bruce springsteen and billy joel i just can't i just I can't like, like my wife you don't like billy you don't joel. like uh you don't like uh it just doesn't talk to me with your fine park avenue clothes doesn't, doesn't talk you got the dom pair and young in your hand <laughs> and a spoon up your nose uh, come on i love fucking big shot you had to be the big shot everybody loves you? billy what joel. if i sang it what if i sang it would you like, would i you probably like, like it better <laughs> Now my dad's the same way with like Tom Petty. My dad hates Tom Petty. Oh, you're killing Brian. Brian's gonna die. Well, it's not that he doesn't like his songs. He just hates Tom Petty's voice. Okay. Like, which I get. It's like Bob Dylan. People who don't like Bob Dylan, I get because I'm like, you know, you can only hear so much of this going down the rain. And you're trying to go into yesterday. I know. 
Anybody that's ever covered a Bob Dylan song has done it better than Bob Dylan has done it. Bob Dylan's a great songwriter, like one of the best songwriters ever. But the I think best. anybody I think that's ever is. covered his song. I think he may be the, the I think songwriter. so, too. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, so I get it when people don't like stuff like that. But it's like, yeah, I'm trying to think of something that I really love. Um, shit, I love, again, I love like poppy, like kind of like new wave. Again, like Naked Eyes, like I did when the lights go out i guess i love stuff like that all right people people it. get some people get surprised when they see me do shit like that um and like some modern that i love like it's, it's it would be weird that i like uh i really like see as like my favorite pop artist like, i don't okay. i don't really into into billy eilish that much or lord or whatever so like i don't many of that stuff really not that it's bad this is not for me steve Borman um, from the black rose said lord uh, that um uh her big hit there, um, Royals. Royals, yeah, that was like one of his guilty pleasures. It's a good song. I like it's a that good song. song. I don't think that's a guilty pleasure either. No, I mean, I started writing this guilty pleasure. Uh, I love. No, Beck is definitely not a guilty pleasure. I will fight anyone who's like Beck. Um, that's a California guy, isn't it, Beck? I think so. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Um. Let's go with that's naked good. eyes. We can say with naked eyes. That's pretty good. That's a little maybe a obscure. I love Kaja Goo Goo. <laughs> I love Kaja. I like all those eighties bands. Uh, yeah. I know there's something. I love Celine Dion. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. All right. I we'll stop with Celine Dion it. and we'll move on. I absolutely love Celine Dion. Okay. All right. Uh, we we will take that. Uh, what is the best streaming show right now? Because we know everybody's been stuck in their freaking homes. What have you What have you caught on to during this whole thing? Uh, the Last Dance, dude. That was the show of the pandemic. Oh yeah, season. Michael Jordan. I am a basketball fanatic. That's so. so good, man. That is so good. That just reminded me of how excellent the '80s to late '90s NBA basketball was before it hit a lull for a little bit. It just kind of reminded me of how great my life was when I was a kid growing up in that, that time. Too. Like, you should talk I remember, to Steve I remember I had my Yeah, I, I talked to I had, Steve Borman. I had that cassette tape. I want to be like Knight, you know. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the that that documentary was so well done and how they had to So funny. How oh. funny. That's my favorite part is how how many laughs I got out of it. Well, Michael like Jordan him. was direct. He didn't hold any pulling punches with shit. Seeing him and Larry, just Larry walking out to him, I'm like, you motherfucker. And he's like, yeah, I don't got you, man. You bitch. Fuck you. I'm like, that's so funny. <laughs> so funny to me. The one thing that took I took I took away with that is if Michael Jordan didn't have beef with somebody, he would invent it in his own mind. And he make did because he fucking yeah because he did. He just made shit up just so he would be that much harder of a hard ass to beat people. I'm like, wow, yeah. like that's pretty crazy. I just love the stories where it's like, yeah, I was trash talking Mike. I had I had 14 at the half. Michael only had two. And then, uh, and then at the end of the game, I had 16 and he had 45. <laughs> but you know what? That's a great, you know, kind of how you, it fuels your performances and you're trying to get the same thing for Michael Jordan. Like, kind of all the greats do that stuff to pump themselves up to perform at a higher level. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I literally come from the same school of thought. Like I, yeah. I, I tend to do that a lot. I'm competitive and I know I, I relate to him a lot, which is probably a bad thing in a lot of people's eyes, but <laughs> You know, it depends on who you're talking to. But, uh, um, yeah, I love – that was my takeaway, man. Last dance. Yeah. What was going to that? 
what so tiger king people are like tiger king <laughs> i'm like dude it's a show about like a fucking lady who everyone says <laughs> probably murdered her husband like i don't care about none of that uh, michael jordan is michael jordan dude it doesn't matter if you like basketball you don't have to like basketball to like that you're gonna be like this guy is fucking crazy it's awesome yeah. so is basketball your favorite sport to watch or play or anything yeah i grew up playing it my whole life that was my that was my thing i was a basketball player in high up until last year of high school and what was your position i was a uh, shooting guard all right nice that's yeah I played two guard a little bit, you know. Yeah, my, uh, my guy was uh, was Nash. Steve Nash was my man. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Did he marry a Spice Girl or have a kid with a Spice Girl or something? <laughs> I don't know. Spice? I think he did. I think he, he dated her and they have a kid together. Yeah. Maybe he did. I don't That's know. a hell of an accomplishment. I'm, I'm all over that. <laughs> you did it, man. All the, man, all <laughs> the, the men are there. Yeah, at his funeral, like no one, no one actually knew him is there. Just all these men being like, dude. Did it? You knocked you up it, Ginger man. Spice, my idol. <laughs> you did it, man. Um, what's your favorite sports team? Oh shit! Uh, my team is the Warriors. All right, right on. Yeah, not bad wagon. I was fucking for the Warriors way before they were winning rings. I love Chris Steph Mullen's Curry. my favorite player of all time. Chris Mullen, freaking awesome. Tim Hardaway, uh, run yeah, TMC, baby. Oh yeah. Uh, freaking, uh, yeah, you know, and I, yeah, I was a big fan of Steph when he was playing in college. He was a crazy underdog for me and him doing what he did was amazing. Uh, but the team I'm rooting for, and I don't care if people shit on me. I love KD, like Brooklyn Nets all the way. Yeah, they're good because this year too. Aren't they like the best because, record? Oh my God. They're going to, they're going to win. There's no way if they lose then I'm going to lose a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Sports gambling. With Nick. Oh, I'm all about sports gambling, dude. Me and me and my friends are uh, close. Some close friends of mine are always gambling on sports games. All right, so Warriors are your favorite sports team. Basketball is your favorite sport. Okay, what's your favorite movie? I can't pick one. Uh, I got a few different ones. All right, uh, Modern Times. Okay, Charlie Chaplin film. Wow, yeah, that's bringing it back. <laughs> I just love silent film. Uh, Chaplin, the movie. Like with Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, my, yeah, one of my favorite movies. He's incredible in that role. He was nominated for an Oscar for that, right? Yeah, yeah. should have won, uh, my opinion, humble opinion. Uh, I think he lost to Titanic or whatever, whoever, whoever the fuck. Bringing it back to Celine Dion here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is that... Uh, <laughs> uh, um, I'm totally blanking on, and I literally was just talking about it with a friend. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite and Forrest Gump. There you go. <laughs> all, right, all right, good calls on that. One. Yeah. All right, my last question, and this is not as much as a short one; it's a little bit longer. But give us a good tour story that you haven't told anybody. We got like about Haven't eight, told eight anybody. minutes left in the Zoom. Oh, eight minutes. All oh, right. Shit. Uh, 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 Gotta tell uh, in eight minutes. Okay, perfect story. Okay, I we, first time we opened for Slash Miles Kennedy. Um, so Slash is going on one of his massive solos, you know, for probably upwards of 13 to 15 minutes. And I'm in the back area, you know, in the bathroom. I took a shower. I done, you know, got myself ready for the show and I step out. I open the door and someone knocks. I open the door and it's Miles Kennedy standing right in the door. 
and I'm like, what? Aren't you supposed to be like, yeah. And he's like, are you done? And I was like, yeah, you know? And I was like, and I remember standing there in my green room and like kind of looked out and he still hadn't left yet. I'm like, holy crap, Miles Kennedy is taking a shit mid-show. <laughs> and I'm like, that's amazing. That's incredible. That's one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And that was it. <laughs> that's awesome. You know what? That's a good one. All right, Nick. Um, Nick Reese from Joyous Wolf. Where do we go to get your merch? Find out where you're on tour. Joyouswolf.com, man. Uh, Joyous Wolf Music on any social media platform. Just Google Joyous Wolf. You will find us. We are the only thing with that dumb name. Love We're it. all good to go. All right, Brian. Well, thank you, Nick Reese from Joyous Wolf. The songs are Mother Rebel, Quiet Heart, Odyssey, the new songs. And we really, really appreciate you being on, man. It means a lot to us as a new podcast. And we've enjoyed every second of this discussion. You've been a wonderful <laughs> guest and just hilarious and awesome and everything in every way. We can hear the music of J.D. Simo as we're doing uh, playing live. Thanking everybody for listening to this uh, uncategorizable. I think so. I, I'm dead serious. I think like we're a comedy <laughs> act at this point. We have no. Well, at least on my end with my technical problems, I don't have a choice. But uh, Nick, I'm I, he could be on Saturday Night Live. I think or have his own show or something. He's got a lot of talent. Yeah. Well, if he was with us right now, the people would probably think it's funnier than us. But yeah, um, America's Got Talent. The Voice. You sure can mimic a lot of guys. That was a pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, what can you say, man? Uh, different breed of cat, but I enjoyed it. And I, you know, we got to, we got to talk, <laughs> talk to him again. Um, no, I did. I dig his band. I dig, well, I should say their band, the band, Joyous Wolf. And, you know, I think everybody will get their own impression out of this, you know, besides what we can say. We usually have something to follow up with. We just like, hey, what'd you get out of that? But it's one of those crazy wild rides like Andy Adeldort or J.D. Simo. It's like just, uh, you know, put your seatbelt on. I got out that he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders for a young dude in industry, how he looks at things, whether it's comments on social media or just his approach to, to he wants to win the audience over. You know, if he's playing with Miles Kennedy and Slash or anybody else, Deep Purple, he goes out there and says, I got to win these guys over. I want to, you know, they should be standing by the time I'm done. And I appreciated that. Like he yeah. didn't expect anything handed to him. You know, and he made such a good point that like, yeah, he's going to go out there and earn it. He just doesn't expect them to stand up. And he did a really good job of like, really like saying like, Hey, like when I cock off to the audience, it's all in a sense of humor. He's not seriously cursing anybody out. He's, you know, I'm sure in a way, like, hey, man, everybody stand up. But he's, you know, it's not, he's not doing it to be, you know, a difficult person or anything. Um, oh. Yeah. And I really, you know, when, as we were talking before we started rolling, like, I really appreciate that he realizes, like, you know, hey, like, I got to do what I can to, like, grab a hold of these people. And, and, you know, we want our band to be heard. And I think it's working if you're out there, you know, opening you know, doing 88 shows with Buck Cherry and doing shows with Slash, with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators and opening up for Deep Purple. You know, he's got something going on. And it's always, it's kind of sounds like uh, what he was talking about in Los Angeles there, like, like 
Madden, we don't really play there too much. We're like, that's their base and they playing wherever. And that's, it's the same thing. Like a very first time I talked to Andrew from them, Dirty Roses, it was the same thing. I asked him, well, what are you doing? Where are you playing around Nashville? It's like, well, that's just our base for our business part of it. And we're, you know, once you're there, you don't really play around locally. So it sounds like LA and Nashville's got some uh, common ground there. Always remember, Southern Rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.